Well, it it samples the Austin Powers theme song. Does it? I was about yeah. to say, I would, it really sounds like exactly the Austin Powers theme song, Let's which is it. relevant because I, I was thinking about Goldmember when I was listening to all this um, Destiny's Child <laughs> in the year 2000. So I'm, I'm reading up on, uh, I have, I feel like maybe I've looked this up before, but on, on the Wikipedia page for that song for the ludicrous number one spot, so the, the actual single cover is him like in a like dress up as uh as Dr. Evil and he has like a mini me that I don't think is the real mini me, but he looks pretty convincingly like mini me. Um and yeah, the music video spoofs scenes from the Austin Powers films. And Ludacris takes the roles of Austin Powers, Fat Bastard, Gold Member, and Dr. Evil. And it oh, does wow. feature Vern Troyer. So everyone except many me. So and 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 just picture like it's called number one spot. He has all this like peak of his fame, and it only comes up to number nineteen. So it's not a particularly great song. (laughs) Do we have Ludacris this year? No, not this year. Ludacris will come, but we are back. In the year 2000, right? As Conan once said, in the year 2000. We are in a new millennium, and Will, do you want to introduce our our guest? Yeah, this is Lana, good friend from Marching Band, Northwestern. I was Uh, six years old in the year 2000. (laughs) Six years old? Six, yeah. Okay. So let's see, so we were like nine, so... Yeah. Okay. Well, th- th- this that'll be interesting then. Interesting, like different spots in our lives for this music. Yeah. I was about I, to I, say I didn't realize that. Um, oops, I didn't again. Didn't hit number one, which is it feels like it feels horrible to me because I was surprised. It's 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 a weird mix of this year and last year, especially too. It's a weird mix of some songs I remember being huge are right where I'd expect them to be, like number one songs, and then other songs tainted by like my age when they were out I was so sure they'd be like I like who let the dogs out I was shocked was not on a top 100 this year or last year it feels like that song was everywhere around right now it was just everywhere it's like oh no it's just because I was an eight and a nine that, that might be the next year no I looked it up because I was so surprised it came out in it was, 99 and it was not on either 2000 or 99's chart that's kind of crazy I was shocked and then yeah same thing I was surprised you said it again wasn't there that oh no was, no, that wasn't a number one, was it? It wasn't number one. I think it was like number nine was the highest I got. Yeah, so that shocked me too. It's on and the then charts. It's, like, it's on the charts, yeah. It's there in the top 100, but it's a lot of things that didn't make number one that I was surprised by. Well, before we get to the year 2000, we'll ask the question we ask all our guests, um, which is, Lana, how would you kind of summarize your music taste? Like what, how would you describe, you know, favorite bands or just favorite genres? That is a great question. I feel like um, throughout the year 2000, as we explore it, you will begin to understand my my music taste. 
Um, as a child, I had one dream and that dream was to be, be Britney Spears. Um, obviously has not yet come to fruition, but still possible. Still time. Um, currently, I'm like only listening to K-pop. So like that's, <laughs> that's where I'm right now. Uh, in high school, obviously, I listened to like Fall Boy and My Chemical Romance and Muse. And that was kind of my jam. And then in college, there was like a bit where I listened to like cool pop music, but now I'm just like, just give me boy band trash again. Like I'm tired of working too hard. I want everything to be, be made for me exactly how I want it. And that's what K-pop's doing for me right now. So Yeah, K-pop is the extent of my knowledge of music taste. Do you see influences of your favorite K-popers in these songs? Sometimes, sometimes you do, like you'll hear a song and it's like so very clearly like modeled after like a 90s pop song or like a or like a more 2000s pop song it's actually really interesting because if you listen to k-pop from like k-pop is it like necessarily this old like it wasn't popular i don't know if it even like super existed in the year 2000 but if you listen to like the 2010s k-pop it's so like manufactured to sound exactly like the top 20 songs <laughs> is, that were popular at the time so if like you hear one you'll be like you can almost tell you the exact exact year you'll be like oh yeah this came out in 2011 it just sounds exactly like party rock anthem <laughs> you just hear it you just know yeah the vi- I mean I don't I don't know that much about k-pop either but the vibe I kind of get from k-pop what I have heard is that like and I think something I can appreciate is just how it's like going for like the big pop sound that was like, so I, it actually kind of reminds me in a way of like, you know, stuff you hear in like 2000, 2001 with these boy bands, because it's like, just like, you know, there's no subtle, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't judge obviously with the lyrics too, but like, like, it seems like there's not a lot of like subtlety. It's not, you know, it's very like in your face, like, big hooks, big sounds, like, you know, big, like, you know, personality. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I like that. I, I think like going back and listening to some of the music, you know, it's kind of like you can appreciate the kind of lack of subtlety. Um, yeah, I felt like, like it's almost, it's very like, uh, like coming around again to what I really liked as a kid, which was just like whatever was big in pop music at the time. And I don't know. I in like the my like 90 obviously in the 90s I was born 93 so I don't have a like lot of super strong memories from the 90s other than like the cassette tapes we listened to in my mom's car which is pretty much just like Mariah Carey and Cheryl Crow and then yourself or someone like you those were like the cassette tapes that we really listened to um but yeah when it comes to music taste it's pretty much like Britney Spears Ariana Grande I'm like a 30 year old gay man in that way <laughs> <laughs> well that i mean um that, that you know then i'll be interested to hear i mean we have so much of that in, in the 2000 year but um yeah i mean i'm curious because i think you know will and i especially last few years of the charts that we've done have kind of talked about like you know especially in like i think 98 and 99 and maybe 97 to a degree of like like, yeah, these are kind of the first years where it's like we have like specific kind of memories with these songs. Oh, it, I have specific memories of almost all of these songs. <laughs> right. But but like it's interesting to hear like there's certain I mean, something I, I know I've talked about and I'm sure we'll talk about, too, is like there, there have also been kind of like select songs in 
you know, the years when we were like, you know, five or six or seven, you know, so the year that I guess you were in 2000, where like just kind of a select few songs like really resonated. And then like, as you get into, you know, let's say like when you're 10 or 11, it's like then that's that's where it kind of like you're, you know, you can look the entire year of a list and be like, oh yeah, I know that song, I know that song. Like that song means something. This song reminds me of this, like, um, but it's it's interesting to hear about just kind of like what each person's kind of relationships is with each year. Um, and, but I, you know, at the same time, I think like so many of these songs, like you still hear. Yeah, a lot of people hear all the time. I had, I thought this would be the first year where it was just like, I, I had, would have distinct memories of every single song. And I, it wasn't, there are a few years, I mean, a few songs that I was surprised by gaps and some huge songs from the year that I, I think everything sounded at least familiar, but there's some songs that I had very little memory of, but yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah, well, let's, let's get to it. So January 1st, January 8th. So this is kind of le- uh, bridging the 20th century and the 21st century. So I looked at again, and this was number one from October 23rd, 1999 through January 8th. So like pretty much the last two months of 1999 and then the new millennium and it stays on for just two more weeks. And it is the, I think we called it the unofficial U.S. national anthem. It's Sweet by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. stop yeah, I wish I could, like, kind of do a soft stop but I can't figure that out I think you'll figure it out if you're we'll, right yeah we'll right. figure it out in 20 2009 um yeah so smooth Rob Thomas Solana you said are am I correct and you're a big Rob Thomas matchbox Rob Curry. Thomas fan um we did own this album this is Supernatural by Santana we did own this one um this is a song that like, I just feel like you never get tired of it. Like you can see that it was number one for like three months and I'm like, yeah, obviously I still want to listen to it every day. Yeah, David and I talked about it last year and we both loved it. Does anyone know, here's my vague memory of like, was this song coming out and my dad telling me like Santana's like one of the best guitarists of, guitarists of all time. But like, what was his reputation in America before this because he hadn't had a hit in a while right does anyone know the history i mean i mean the, the basic history is like i mean i don't know all the specific details but you know he his band santana kind of emerges like late 60s and it's big like late 60s early 70s like they're at woodstock they're you know had a bunch of hits late 60s early 70s maybe through like the mid 70s and then i don't know i mean i i'm you know I'm sure he was still making music, you know, the entire time. I just think like his, you know, he didn't, wasn't necessarily like a hit maker. You know, maybe he was seen as like a classic rock guy, like obviously a great guitarist. Um, and then, yeah. And then he kind of like makes this album where he 
hooks up with all these like current artists like Rob Thomas and other people that we'll 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 get to on a later song. But um, yeah, it's kind of like this this. I'm trying. I mean, to I'm sure it was done before. Michelle Branch was the same year. Did he do a song with Michelle Branch? Yeah, but I guess I think Michelle Branch's first album came out in 2001, so it must have been his next album. Yeah, that was that was. I wonder if maybe that'll come up and yeah, that was like 2003. I want to say or 2002, but yeah, he kind of like I think replicated the supernatural thing just because it was like such a huge album. This was such a huge song. Yeah, it really worked. All these he won like 10 Grammys or something like that. I mean, it's pretty amazing, and 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 I think like you know you kind of see that formula. I'm sure you know people are using that formula of like older artists hooking up with younger artists, but I think it's like he's kind of like the one who really you know made the most out of that he really cashed in on the cash in um yeah i, I want to slightly correct what will said in terms of loving the song i, I, I like look like i and i think this speaks to the fact that it is like you know when you look at it from like a technical standpoint like it's a great song and I can appreciate it for a lot of different reasons. I just I never need to hear the song again. If I'm being completely honest. Just, you will plenty of times. And I will. Like <laughs> I, I I've, you know, I've I've I understand that. Like I've accepted that. It's just I like there's another, let's just say, you know, there's another song on this list from that album that I'm like, okay, like I haven't heard this as much. I can appreciate it a little bit more, but I truly never need to hear the song again with that being said i appreciate it plenty you know like i said it should be the new you know national anthem uh it's better it's our guest who loved it i was misremembering didn't andrew put this number one last year i I think it might have been his number one i don't know maybe um but you know i think i think we can all agree it's a great song it's and certainly one that's resonated what do you i I mean I love Rob Thomas's voice. I mean, I spent like so much of my childhood listening to yourself or someone like you. And then Mad Season, which was in this year, that we also owned that album. And I think we probably owned another Matchbox 20 album. So we owned at least three Matchbox 20 CDs, plus the also the cassette tape version of yourself or someone <laughs> like you. So Matchbox 20 was a big hit in my household. So I don't know. There's just so now. I- yeah. I didn't realize that I was a Matchbox 20 fan because at the time I was getting their name confused with every, like Third Eye Blind, Three Doors Down, Matchbox 20. Like uh, I was confusing all of them all the time and I was always bad at getting names, but that didn't help. And then when I'm listening more and more, like a lot of the standouts for me are Matchbox 20, Rob Time. Like I I like them a lot more than I realized because I was confusing them with so many other groups at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think about like, I think one thing I thought about listening back to this is like, you know, how do you, like, I think this is, I think, and again, I think this speaks to, like, why it's a good song, but, like, I think both Rob Thomas and, like, Carlos Santana, like, deserve the credit for making this, you know, I mean, like, it's not, like, I think there's certain, like, duet songs or whatever where, like, um, I'm trying to think of an example, oh, like, um, like, Empire State of Mind, like, in my, in my opinion, like, you know, that being a huge song is, like, 90% because of Alicia Keys, because of the hook mm-hmm. and like not that many people remember like jay-z's like lyrics you know like yeah but in this case 
again, in my opinion, I feel like it kind of, it's, it's a balance. It's like you have like the Carlos Santana, you know, sounds, the guitar sounds. And then you have like, Rob Thomas. But then like, you know, like, I don't, you know, if you had like. His Spanish senorita. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, if you were to have like, I don't know, like uh, uh, the guy from, uh, you know, Vertical Horizon singing this hook like i don't know if it'd be as big like you know i think there's something Absolutely said not. about like rob thomas like kind of you know his voice fits in well and it's like a memorable vocal so kudos to both of them gold stars for both of them um J- a lot of money and then they're gonna be rich forever because of it mm-hmm. they can they can they can give this on to any company and they'll put it in their commercial um, January 15th to January 22nd, we have Christina Aguilera's second song that we've talked about. This is What a Girl Wants, Christina Aguilera. I'm begging you for knowing exactly what a girl wants, what a girl needs, whatever keeps me in your arms. And I'm thanking you for giving it to me. It's what you got. This was an album I had in love as a kid. Um, yeah, I had this I was album. A, I was a big, even though I loved them both from at this time too, I was a big Christina Aguilera saying, because there would always be the arguments, who's better, Britney or Christina, and I'd always pick Christina, and I love this album. This is one of the songs going to this, I would have thought would be one of my, would be on my top five. But I didn't like it quite as much as I was expecting. I think for me, and this is true with a lot of the pop songs of this year, and this year in general, it's like, I love the chorus. It's great. And then all the verses I can kind of do without. And I'm just like, okay, just like coming back to that chorus. Um, but I, I still like the song. It's just, it wasn't one of my favorites like I was expecting. Yeah, even even at the time, I remember not liking this as much as Jeannie the Bottle and as coming over like the other big, and even like her pop version of Reflection. Like this wasn't one of my songs on the album that I really liked. And it still isn't really. I'm, I was actually kind of surprised that it was number one, like, because I, I never, when I was listening to the album, I never really listened to this song, you know, you like skip and listen to the ones you wanted on your like three CD boombox changer. Um, yeah, but I mean, I would, I never had a Britney versus Christina feud in my heart. Like Britney was like the number one in everything that could possibly be. So it's like, there was no one even competing with her. So in my mind, it wasn't like, it was like, oh yeah, I also like her. Like there was no, there's no competition for anyone, you know? It's important to know that after the year 2000, in terms of number one hits, Christina is beating Britney two to one. So oh, interesting. Um, I believe it. And, or wait, actually, no, three to one. Excuse me, three to one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I, I, I agree in terms of like, you know, having, you know, fond memories of the song, but like not really, and not really hitting as much. I think, I don't know. I don't think this is like a controversial opinion. Um, and by the way, I should say like, I, I would say I'm team Brittany versus Christina, <laughs> but 
I just, I think with some of like the big Christina Aguilera songs and more specifically the ones that are kind of like very poppy like this, like I kind of listen to them and I'm like, I'm kind of thinking like something about her like voice doesn't really fit this. And I think it's just because like her voice is too good. Like, you know, like she's kind of like, I mean, like some of her best songs, I mean, you mentioned is, is Reflections one from Mulan, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the big power ballad. Like, that's a great song. And like, it's because it's like, you know, her voice is like front and center and she's able to, you know, and then like, you know, there's certain other songs um, like, you know, Beautiful, which is a few years later, you know, that everyone knows. But like, I, I think her best songs are the ones where she can actually like sing, like, you know, really kind of go off. And then like songs like these, and maybe it's just this one, because I don't think it's like super hooky, like, it kind of sounds like, like almost, I don't want to say a throwaway, but like, it just like, you know, it's fine. Like, it's not as like hooky as the other song that comes later in the year. And it's like not quite as hooky. I think it's like Genie in a Bottle. But yeah, I don't know. It didn't do as much for me as some of the others. And I, I'm taking the hot take that it's, that's her voice is better than the song. I think the thing for me that always differentiated Christina from other artists of the, of the same time was when she would like go into that growl register, which you can like she kind of does at the very, very end of the song. She kind of lets this little and then she does the same thing at the end of coming over baby. But it's it does feel like there's like kind of a next level that she's like trying to get up but can't come through in the basic uh, melody of the song. It's important to note that uh, the B side of the single actually somehow had like four songs, but one of them is the Spanish version of Genie, Bot- Genie in a Bottle called Genio Intrepido. <laughs> so. Christina Aguilera didn't actually speak Spanish, so all of her Spanish singles are like her just like learning the mem- <laughs> memorizing the pronunciation. And but she's I done remember- a bu- she's done a bunch of Spanish stuff. Yeah, but I remember but she has no I Spanish. Up, I looked that up once because um she has like a whole Spanish album. Wow. And I was like Libre. looking it up once, and it was like yeah, memorize it all. Yeah. Well, shout out to Christina and her and her uh, efforts in recording a Spanish audience. (laughs) (laughs) January 29th, February 5th, February 12th. I've not done a good job of looking at the events that are happening at this time. I'll do that as we're listening because I think, you know, giving some historical context. But we have our second Savage Garden song. Savage Garden is currently beating Britney Spears in the charts two to one. What was the first? We had one last year? Truly, Madly, Deeply. That was like, oh, yeah. yeah. How could you forget? How can you forget? But this is from their second album. It's called Affirmation. And it's called I Knew I Love You.
I think that Savage Garden is like one of the most underrated pop groups of the 90s. <laughs> I really do. They had so many hits. They were not a one hit wonder. They had like several albums that had number one songs. I think they had like three albums between like the 90s and the 2000s. And we we did own Savage Garden self-titled with Shirley Madly Beavley. And I just feel like, I mean, obviously you listen back to these big pop albums and they're a little bit dated in the ways that the music is produced and that it sounds, but it's a great record. And I feel like nobody remembers Savage Garden. I feel like nobody ever talks about them. In my house, we're Savage Garden all the time. We listened to this album for like decades. Like in high school, we were still listening to Savage Garden. And I don't think we owned Affirmation, but I Knew I Loved You, great song, Savage Garden, great band. I like, I don't know why more people aren't talking about Savage Garden. That's how I feel personally. I sense that you guys don't feel the same way about I Knew I Loved You. Um, but I just, I mean, I love this guy's voice. I think they're like an Australian pop duo. Man, I love Savage Darren, Garden. Darren Hayes is a vocalist. For me, this is just the, this is a bit of a blind spot. I like, I had no connection to Savage Garden. The song sounded very familiar, but it's not something I remember listening to at the time at all. Unlike most of these songs are going to get to. And I liked it enough. It, the harmonies are very pretty, but I don't know. Without any nostalgia for me, it didn't, it didn't stand out for me. But I don't know. I got to listen to them more. I totally missed the boat on Savage Garden when during the end of the 90s, early 2000s. There's a few there's a few lyrics on these charts that kind of like <laughs> stand out as like ridiculous. And I and I think the lyric I knew I love you before I met you is one of them. Like I think I dreamed you <laughs> just too deep for you, David. You don't get it. And so it's worth mentioning that the music video, which I watched. Lana, are you are you familiar? I didn't with watch it. I've seen, I know the one for Truly Madly Deeply, but I don't know this one. So it's worth mentioning the music video is essentially, I guess, the lead singer Darren Hayes in like a subway car, and basically you just like kind of you know staring at this pretty girl who's sitting across, and <laughs> so I guess it's like that's where like the you know I knew I loved you before I met you. He doesn't know this girl, but is falling in love and 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 the the actress is kirsten dunce amazing so you know give give savage garden some credit there um (laughs) yeah i don't know i so i i i decided like i i remember this song i think it might have been on one of the now cds uh maybe wrong but I, i i do remember it um I like I like it more than truly madly deeply for some reason like I just truly madly deep like they're both so you know like just you know they're both very similar and they're, they're, like, they're very they're... similar they're very you know like you know just I, I don't In know face sure yeah I mean whatever you want to call it like like so ridiculously in your face and direct and you know light and um, but I actually, I, I like the song more, like I like the chorus more, I, I don't know, but with that said, it's like, yeah, it, it's, 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 just, it's such a ridiculous song, <laughs> like, like, and, and again, that's not to like insult it, it's just like, 
the lack of subtlety in a way is refreshing because right that's kind of why i like it yeah. like it's so like they're like it's just really going for it like they don't pull any any, any punches right unapologetic it's unapologetic he's, he's fallen in love with someone he doesn't even know before but that's okay and uh yeah and uh romantic bell i'm just looking at the wikipedia but yeah, it's too bad. Savage Garden are they're they're currently broken up. They broke up in two thousand one. So, oh wow, um, God, you know the next it. year, which is kind of crazy, like at the peak of their like fame, pretty much. Yeah, I want to say. I mean, I'm trying to remember from the last time I read their Wikipedia page, <laughs> but I, I feel like there was like a a wham situation where it was like a not equal contribution from both partners to the music musicality of the group. Whereas, like, you know, the one guy is doing all of it and the other guy is just there. Yeah, it seems like there might have been that <laughs> type of, like, just whatever whatever you call it, jealousy or... Yeah, conflict. Conflict, yeah. Um, February 19th, kind of, in the, I think, continuing along the same lines, we have Mariah Carey for the umpteenth time on the charts. Uh, this is featuring, important to note, this is featuring both Joe, who is a legend, and 98 Degrees, which I completely did not know. And it's called Thank God I Found You. We have, we have a run here, but it's worth mentioning. January 29th to March 11th is basically the same song, but three different times. Well, the maze is more country. Just country inflected, but yeah, Mariah Carey. I think this is one of her last kind of big, big singles for a little while. Yeah, I think um, this is probably one of her last might be her last number one until like 2005 when the emancipation of mimi came out right i mean it's definitely one of her like weaker songs in her catalog in terms of her number one hits i think but also it's just like like if you compare it to like i know i loved you and what a girl wants just like musically it's such a better song and i think that just speaks to like mariah carey like making music kind of at least on her like level still is just like a little bit more elevated compared to you know what the max martin machine is just like pushing out mm -hmm. yeah i like the song more than i expected or remembered liking it um i at first i listened to it twice and at first i really didn't think 98 degrees and joe really added much and it's like, <laughs> uh, is this just like another random like collaboration with big names at the time but then on the second listen, I, I thought it, I don't know, I really enjoyed both. Like, um, I think the harmonies in 90 Degrees and, and like the duet part, I think it, it makes it stand out more than some of the similar Mariah Carey songs we've heard. Um, I don't know, it just kind of worked for me more on the second listen. And then I really like the end of the song, especially where 
like the the backing track like the backing vocals are getting louder and louder it's like elevating and mariah is just getting crescendoing on top of 98 degrees and joey i think it works really well um but it is another one of those songs where i feel it's all about the chorus and then everything else i don't remember yeah you guys are very nice <laughs> this song does so little for me and i and i'm a, and i'm a i i i i've been the Mariah Carey stan of this podcast and because I like most of her hits a lot but yeah it's just I don't know like it it's pretty like but it's like I don't know I maybe maybe I need to do it well didn't like go back and listen to it more to hear the Joe and 98 degrees like you know whatever what what they add to it or um yeah, I don't know. It, it does very little for me. Um, according to so, so Wikipedia page says some critics called it unlistenable and forgettable. Like, I don't know, <laughs> unlistenable, that's a little mean. Sorry. Forgettable, you know, and I, I think I'm a little along those lines. It is noteworthy that it was only on the number one spot for a week. I feel like mo most of the Mariah songs we've heard on this podcast, they just get there and they just stay there for a long time. Do you think that maybe this has something to do with the fact that this was following the week that was Valentine's Day? Ah, I mean, replace like, the very Valentine's Day song too. Right. <laughs> like just, just, just America was just in a really loving mood in February 2000 <laughs> through March 2000. Like sure. everyone had survived Y2K. <laughs> so all the fears kind of like ended and it was just was just that like the happy week the and then love was that like the week the single came out like everyone was like oh new mariah single and it like hit number one and then they were like good never mind i thought uh, Close. it came out january 21st so it definitely it got up there quickly and did not say yeah there's, there's definitely some like you know maneuvering to make sure that it coincided but i don't know because then because then the next week it goes away it's only on for one weekend Savage Garden comes right on back. Mm -hmm. Can't so, keep them down. <laughs> Savage Garden beats Mariah Carey. And yeah, I think Mariah Carey, I don't know, this. I think this might be it for her for a few years. Yeah, because um, I don't know number Charm one Bracelet spot, was after this, I think. And I don't think Charm Bracelet had any number ones. And, and Glitter. <laughs> glitter. I Glitter definitely didn't have any number ones. <laughs> should, I, should I watch... I'm not, has anyone seen Glitter? I, we own the CD, but I never saw the movie. Oh. I'm kind of curious now why it's, I, I, I may, like, I feel like I should spend like a day just watch that, watch Geely, right? It's like watch a really that. bad, like pop singer movies. I, I mean, Jayla's different. Bad. She is in a lot of good things too. I yeah. was just going to say, I think Rainbow has some good, other songs that I feel like are a lot better and I don't think they quite hit number one like I think the one with Snoop Dogg was on this album yeah Crybaby and Heartbreaker Heartbreaker I Heart still hear on the on the radio sometimes so even though I don't think it hit number one it had a lot more longevity than thank god I found you yeah Heartbreaker was number one I think in 1999 oh, I think we both talked about how that was the song like at least for me that I didn't remember kind of being a hit, but I heard it and 
Yeah, so I think that was just the year before, but oh, okay. Yeah, I think probably not. I mean, the album itself wasn't as successful, but I'm sure it was like still playing successful because it's still Mariah Carey. Um, yeah. So we finish up our our run of love songs with March fourth, March eleventh, two weeks. The one and only, I believe, I think it's safe to say, number one single from Lone Star. <laughs> And it's called Amazed. See your dreams. I don't know how you do what you do. I'm so in love with you. It just keeps getting better. I want to spend the rest of my life with you by my side. Forever. Yeah, this song doesn't do much for me. I, I normally am all for the rain of like pop country song that's a crossover hit, but I don't know. I found it pretty forgettable and and like a few others I've already talked about it. Like I, I have memories of it, but I have no specific memory of it at the time as being something I remember listening to. It is interesting that this is the first, there's some conflicting reports on this online, but this is apparently the first country song to hit number one since 87. And then the last until Carrie Underwood in 2005. And then what nothing. Seven. It, I don't remember what 87 was. We, um, something Wikipedia I says 83. Oh, well, yeah. Like I said, I was like looking at people and they keep, kept having different info. Like some people claimed um, Taylor Swift's Never Ever Ever Getting Back Together was a country song, but that doesn't seem no. right to me. <laughs> and then, so I think it was this 2005 Carrie Underwood and then nothing until Old Town Road. Wow. Was that last year or two years ago? I don't know, but either way. So it is interesting that this is a real kind of standout as a crossover country hit, which yeah. surprised me because even some of the songs on the top 100 that were country, I liked a lot more than this song. Yeah, well, this was the year that Breathe by Faith Hill was like the number one overall song, yeah. but never hit the number one spot. And there's actually quite a few country songs on there, but Amaze was the only one that hit, hit number one on the charts. I the mean, other thing about it I read was that it was offered to boys to men first and they turned down the song. And it, you could definitely kind of hear this as a boys yeah. to men song. And I wonder if it would have been, if, if they would have still been a number one with them, we could have gotten them with their last uh, number one because I think they're all done now, right? Yeah, it's, here's the thing. I, I, I'm just going to, I have to compare it to the last two songs because they're so similar in my opinion, but like, I think it's better than those. Like, I, I just, First of all, that guitar solo rips. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I think it like fits it perfectly. It, it, it's like do 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 do, and then the big drum. And I just noticed here in the preview, I didn't th that that piano. I think it's supposed to like evoke like a wedding, right? <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. just me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's like it's so over the top, and like you know in your face and ridiculous and lyrically ridiculous but I think it works like and yeah I mean it's like it'd be interesting to kind of compare you know the country songs that kind of stand out and like make it this high and like I mean yeah you mentioned Breathe and that was 
like the number one song of the year, but wasn't number one for the on the charts. And you know what kind of makes it like these are the songs that make it you know this high versus similar other like country songs. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's you know I think it's like a just the song is a huge hook, and it's you know um, yeah, and it's like you know a, a song that I remember from the time, but. Like if I were to hear it like in the CVS, I probably wouldn't notice it. But kind of going back and listening to the song, I'm like, oh yeah, like I know the song. Like it's um Yeah. This song, I mean, for it does what it does very well. Like if you're in the right mood, I feel like Amazed by Lone Star could like really be like a big personal moment. You're like, hell yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to hear. You know, like it's really got, I don't know. I'm I like I wouldn't like choose to listen to it like any day but I feel like if you're if like if you want to listen to it like it's really gonna hit you good that's how I feel about Amazed by Lone Star. Do you think like like this song at the time I'm trying to think of how to frame this question like how long do you think after the song came out do you think this was like a top wedding song like first dance song? I feel like it probably was almost immediately like and probably the next year this was already a top wedding song I mean that's pretty much what it was made for and it like does it well Agreed. according to uh time magazine this is one of the top 10 most overplayed wedding songs of all time what's number one I don't know but it lists a bunch of like ones that you would never hear someone like insult like it has like at last by Etta James and mm-hmm. what a wonderful world and Unchained melody, like come on, how can you overplay for a reason? But I guess I was at a wedding earlier this summer, and I was like, it was all like standards, and it was like, it was less of the like '90s, 2000 stuff, and it was more like you know, like some Motown and then some like '80s stuff. But it was just like they were good songs, you know. Obviously, they were all you know, you'd heard them all a million times. But sometimes a classic is a classic, no matter how many times you've heard it. According to the UK uh, Telegraph, uh, the song was voted the most popular song for a wedding in 2009, which is uh, pretty long after. So, and, and one of the members then becomes part of Big and Rich. Oh, really? Which is a group I've heard of. I, I think it's Rich. Yes, Rich, not Big. I didn't Don know. Don Rich, who's a, one of the vocalists and the bassists. So we move on to a song that resonates through time and space. It is the second, right? Second Destiny's Child song we've had yes, at number yeah. one. Yeah, Dills, Dills, Dills. March 18th to April 1st, three weeks at number one. We have Say My Name, Destiny's Child. To sit around and be played, so prove yourself to me. song since it came out it's one of the ones i have the most distinct memories of listening to on the radio 
I remember having this and jumping, jumping on my in my Napster queue and being really excited when I woke up the next day and they both downloaded. <laughs> you um, woke up the next day. Yeah, oh it was all one song time. It's just so good. I I was listening to it and I, and I knew this, but I never really knew this until I listened closely. It was just how unique the beat is. It's just it's got so much going on. There's like cool synth strings and horns, and I think I even heard like chimes and there's the sleigh bell. There's like really weird stuff going on. And like and the really, changes. Yeah, tons of tempo changes, tons yeah. of dynamic changes. It's just so much more interesting than uh, a lot of the hip hop beats we've heard the last few episodes. Like it's got the synthetic drum machine sound and I've complained about that in the past, but then it just covers it up with all these like random instruments and, and you know, tempo changes. Um, I, I was reading and it was the first beat they, they showed them, Beyonce said she didn't like it, it had too much stuff going on. She called it a jungle. So this is like the stripped back version. It was going to be way more stuff going on in the beat. Um, and I found an instrumental version of it on YouTube and it's just so good. It's so weird and works so well. Uh, and I love this song. Uh, of the- Of, of the same like, of the, of the previous this, version. Not, not the original, but even just this version of the right. standard version of Say My Name, the instrumental is so cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like to me, it's, an amazing song and it's one of these songs where you know part of the reason why i enjoy like you know wanted to do this podcast is like going back and hearing songs that i you know that i knew but just kind of hearing it now and i, I just remember at the time you know this song came out in 2000 like being like a nine-year-old not even like i probably didn't like it just because it was everywhere like it was just on the radio 24 seven for several years, you know? And then like, it was only kind of later Destiny's Child songs that I really kind of enjoyed and, and then got it to them. Uh, but like this song, for whatever reason, I was like, I, you know, was like, like, it's too big, it's too, you know, it's everywhere. But then listening to it, yeah, like you hear those like weird elements to it that, you know, even other Destiny's Child songs you don't really hear, just, yeah, the, the, the just, tempo changes the the kind of weird harmony things going on i mean and it's worth mentioning and and, and i should say there's a lyric in this that bothers me a little bit it's i won't say the whole stanza but like it's basically like any yeah well okay i'm gonna read it. pins and needles <laughs> no right so basically, any other day I would call and you would say, baby, how's your day? But today it ain't the same. Okay, so like something's different, right? <laughs> in this relationship. Every other Deep word bad. is uh-huh, yeah, okay. Okay, so like, you know, you can be suspicious. Like, why is today, why, why is he being so, you know, shady, uh, shady today? Not even shady, like being just like, <laughs> like not uh, talkative. And then she says, could it be that you are at the crib with another lady? Like, just jumps to this huge conclusion. <laughs> like, and I think that's a little unfair, like, just automatically. You don't I know the whole context of their relationship. I think that's on top of all the other, like, shady business that's been happening. It's like, you know, I don't yeah. think that's in a vacuum. I think, you know, as 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 they say, the writing's on the wall. And I think this oh. was just part of the... Uh, oh, wow. The, Part of the evidence. I mean, Say My Name is, in my opinion, it's like the quintessential 
Destiny's Child song. I mean, like they have a lot of other great hits, but none of them even like touch this in terms of like, like how much I want to still listen to it, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I remember, I remember all these albums as either like we had it or it's like my friend had it. And when I was at their house and we were like playing with Barbies or whatever, cause I was six years old, we would like listen to it. So one of my friends had this record and we didn't have it. And I remember I heard it and I was like, oh my God. I also think it's notable that in this particular song, Beyonce is like so prominent on the track. Like even, you know, Destiny's Child is a song later on this year where you can identify like some of the other vocalists but in this one it sounds like pretty much like only Beyonce and it's like they're in my opinion their biggest hit so I think that kind of you know she's making moves yeah tells tells you what's going on yeah and and yeah no that's definitely true like it, her voice is definitely front center I think in the video too like she's the one kind of most prominently featured the video too is worth shouting out it's an amazing video you know with all the color changes do you remember the video familiar, but I need to watch it. they're kind of like you know in color coordinating outfits and they're in like root like you know they're all wearing red and they're in a big red room and yeah. they're all wearing you know white and they're in a white room and they're kind of like the couch is like moving into like mixing up the red with the white and the you know different colors and it's just this really cool visual but um yeah no that's a good now, it what? was the this was the a side and bills 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 is the b side but bills 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 made it as a number one last year or on the top 100 of this last year so it's a little interesting yeah i don't know but um but yeah that's definitely i mean yeah i, I beyonce being kind of front and center and, and i think you're right like the other songs that we'll hear are more kind of bounce and the interesting thing too about this song is that like so when they recorded it this album they were the four you know the four of them it was it was Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, and the other two that I don't remember their names. <laughs> and who then, who basically in the middle of this like album blowing up, they're kicked out of the group. And then they bring in Michelle uh, and then become a three piece. But the interesting thing is that in the music video, I think I'm right about this. Like in the music video, Michelle Williams is in it. And like, they basically hired her like, right before they made this video but like her vocals are not in the song so it's just this like kind of weird like in between phase and so I wonder if like maybe there's also like you know like we're kicking out these other two women in the group and we're gonna like make Beyonce like front and center and like phase out I don't know just Michelle Williams is also Fair Franklin was in the video who was in Destiny's Child for six months right it's like this weird like in between phase like at the peak of their like you know breakout song um but yeah i mean i think the song's pretty amazing like and it's definitely one that i can appreciate more now i think than at the time especially april 8th so this is a huge hit april 8th through june 10th which is a total of 10 weeks straight at number one is Santana's second song of the year with the product GNB. Interested to learn more about them. And it's called Maria Maria.
It's worth mentioning right in the middle. This song is number one in the middle of the Alien Gonzalez uh, story, which a lot, I don't know if, 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 if that was like a huge story, especially in our area, because he lived in our neighborhood. And it was, uh, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of history, not that important, but also just really ridiculous. And yeah, that's the that's the one his historical event I'll point out from this year. <laughs> Nothing else happened. Um, but yeah, Maria, Maria, what are thoughts? I will say that like halfway through the song, I like suddenly remembered the like DJ Khaled song where they sample this guitar hook, and then through the rest of the song, that's like all I could think about it. So like almost like retro actively ruined this song for me um not even that I don't like the DJ Khaled song but it was just like it was just like suddenly I was like wow <laughs> that's all I could hear um I mean I think it's a good song I don't feel like I remember hearing that much for how long it was at number one but I guess I was probably too busy listening to Britney Spears yeah I like the song but also for me it's like I just want to hear the guitar riff and it's everything else I can do with that. It's just such a good guitar riff. I didn't realize that it came from uh, Wu-Tang Clan and Nothing to Fuck With until I read on the Wikipedia page. But there is a little beat that's just the exact same thing as that guitar riff that Santana plays. And, and I was, yeah, I always thought that Michael John was the one like singing and I don't think he was, but he did produce it. Yeah. So he is involved. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is an interesting song because like to me, Again, this has kind of a particular meaning to me because I remember at the time when the song came out, I kind of like latched on to the song. It's like, I love this song. And I think partially it was like me like being like, oh, smooth is like dumb. Like this is a song that's actually good. <laughs> like, And I still, I mean, I still actually like the song more than smooth for whatever reason. But, I, you know, because I think it's like, it you know evokes kind of the you know like latino spanish kind of background of i mean i mean santana's mexican uh but i mean obviously there's kind of a you know latin tinge to it um and but at the same time like it's like not as kind of ridiculously in your face like almost like doing it as a novelty that this is maybe a mean thing to say, but I think other songs at, of this time kind of do, including a song that is two, a few weeks away. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a cool song. Like it's, I still think it's played a lot. Like I hear it all the time, which is interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I, I also like the, <laughs> it's funny because the DJ Khaled song that samples this was like obviously a huge hit. And I remember when it came out, I'm like, my thought was like, this is such a like ripoff because it's like, I, I felt like kind of a brilliant move by him was like, for like younger people, they might not know that song. And so they might just hear it be like, wow, what a cool like sound. And then like for older audiences, it's like a nostalgia thing. So maybe that's why it works. But I actually like that song, uh, The Wild Thoughts. And I usually don't like DJ Khaled songs, but 
that's another topic. Um, yeah, I don't know. Save it's a cool song. Like, it, I still enjoy it. 20 uh, episodes from... Yeah. <laughs> In 20 years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a cool song. Like, is it, like, my favorite song of the year? No, but, like, I, I enjoy it still. Um, yeah, so that's a huge hit. Then we get to June 17th. We have the first number one single from Aaliyah. Uh, this is only on for one week, June 17th. And this may be pulled from the episode when we upload it because yeah, it's not a 19th. Aaliyah's like estate is super, super annoying about. Uh, it's and, not and it, her estate. Yeah. I think it's a record company. It's um... a record company. Yeah, I mean, whatever, it, like record company doesn't have any of is actually only like literally within the next few weeks uploading all the music onto like spotify so yeah one in the we'll million see. just went up so we'll see if this is take it down but Aaliyah, try again this is from the romeo must die soundtrack So I'm just gonna say I, I fucking love the song. I I love the song when it came out. I love the song now. I love pretty much all of Aaliyah's hits. I think she's amazing. Uh, and like this to me is also like peak Timbaland production. Just the like synths and the gritty sound and just kind of the underlying production of it is just amazing. And like those two together are always amazing. And it just you know. R.I.P. Aaliyah, the fact that, you know, she she dies, like, a year later, because uh, I think she was only getting really, really huge at this time, and just, like, at the peak of her, you know, fame, uh, dies tragically, like, sucks, but I'm, I think I, like, it, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, if, slash, how people discover her now, because I think, like, she's, you know, was pretty amazing. And I love most of her music. And this song is great. Yeah, I agree. It's a really good song. I feel like one thing that sets this song apart from some of the others of the year for me is that the verses and the bridge are both really good. Um, it's not just about that chorus, even though that's great too. I had no idea this is from a movie. I feel like, I don't know what it is, but every there's so many songs we've listened to that have come from soundtracks and every one is from a movie that's just terrible. <laughs> like I, we haven't, nothing from something that was well-reviewed maybe well, titanic yeah i was gonna say titanic i think is the one exception to that because i was watching this as like why is jet lee in this music video oh this is from a movie uh, you don't, you don't remember like, romeo must die no. I, I remember it i remember the title but i do not remember that it was a movie with the in it at all um but yeah like davis like this is the first celebrity death i think i like remember like hearing the news of and it's really shocking because i remember thinking i was just listening to the song um so that's always going to stand out for me um but yeah i like it it's a good song can i can i just briefly mention where i heard the news because i agree i was on my way to baseball camp uh home run baseball camp i don't know if you remember that i did and listening to like 995 and they said it on the radio it's like oh shit and it was it was also like 
August 2001. So I also remember like a few weeks later being 9-11. So I was like, I don't know why I connected with that. Yeah. I guess it was the end of the summer before fifth grade. So there you go. But yeah, I'll say I don't like this song. I, I've heard a bunch of times. I don't think I've heard it particularly a lot, like in the year 2000. I, Aaliyah was kind of, I think because I was so young when she died that I never like super heard of her until like a little bit later. And then I was like, when I like did like stumble across her, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard all these songs. I just like, didn't know that it was her. And I think that's kind of in part because she passed away so yeah yeah I think it's I mean it's also interesting seeing listening to this like almost back to back with say my name because I think they're similar in ways like they're both kind of you know R&B songs that have weird elements to them from artists that I mean especially yeah, I think child doesn't do that many weird like Aaliyah you know and Timbaland, you know, the sound that they had is always like a little weird, which makes it cool. But it's it's interesting to kind of hear them, you know, around the same time, like these kind of super popular R&B songs that when you listen to them, you're like, wow, there's some weird stuff going on here. Yeah, I feel like Aaliyah could have been a rival for Beyonce. She got huge, but obviously didn't get to see that. Yeah. Uh, June 24th through July 8th, uh, contender for song of the summer 2000 three weeks at number one. Oh shit I have to actually search it we have Enrique Iglesias with Be With You I feel like I didn't know that Enrique Iglesias like had other hit songs aside from Hero. Like this is obviously before Hero. So that I was kind of like, well, I've never heard the song. And I looked it up and I was like, it was before Hero. Like it never even occurred to me that he had like any other songs. And I mean, like I've heard a couple of their songs. Like I think like Bilo Mose was on this mm-hmm. album, which I have heard. And then he had a couple other songs on the album that Hero was on that I have heard. But this one, I was just, I did not remember it at all. What did you think? It was not particularly good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't believe it just got number one, but Bilemos didn't, which is a song that I think is like such a fun song. I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. Like it's, yeah, Enrique Iglesias is, is interesting because he's had like some big songs like around this time and then like Hero and then later like with didn't he have a song with like David Guetta or something and yeah. um yeah I don't know yeah I, I agree like Bilemos was my jam it was on now three um this song wasn't so much and listening back it's it's just like a ridiculous song like the chorus is so over the top and there, there's something about like I, I feel like you hear this a lot 
but it just it, it's ridiculous to me it's like the beginning part the very beginning part of the song is like this acoustic guitar and then it's like the spanish guitar goes do 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 and it's like really dramatic and it's like ooh, like you know like it, it, it's like this thing you hear all the time and it's so ridiculous to me but uh yeah i don't know i like i can hear why it was a big song but it isn't i think as memorable as some of his other big hits i'm not going to defend it too much but i liked it more than i expected going in for sure i feel like it rocks a lot harder than i would have expected from and every gave a song that i had no recollection of you know the song the, the team that helped make the song also made believe by share oh i can see that i just learned that and i can hear it because they have similar kind of vibes yeah i can't hear it now that you said it <laughs> We move on to July 15th, 2000. The first and only number one single from Vertical Horizon, which is DC based. Uh, it's called Everything You Want. this song it's just like this is like my first cut when i was narrowing down my top five so it's like in contention but it was like the one i got rid of fastest but yeah i don't know i just think it's kind of a good song it's uh even though alt rock is like getting huge around now there's not that many representations of it in the in the number ones at least so it does kind of sound fresh after hearing a lot of the other songs you've already heard but yeah i like it, it does some interesting stuff with stereo like the sound bouncing back and forth, which I don't know, maybe I'd hate if I listened to it with headphones like three more times, but sounded kind of cool and different when I was listening for this. I like it. I feel like it's a true one hit wonder in that before now, if you had like offered me a million dollars to tell you who sang this song, I could have never told you the name of this band, Vertical Horizons. Um, I gotta remember. There's probably a lot, like, there's probably a lot of people who would say like Matchbox 20, I bet. Yeah. This could definitely right. I was, like I was looking at it, I was like, trivia. what song is this? I've never heard it. And I listened to it and I was like, oh, obviously I've heard this song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely a one-hit wonder. Oh, yeah. It was a one-hit wonder in the way that I'm surprised we didn't own it because we owned so many <laughs> albums of one-hit wonder bands. That was like a thing. But maybe this was after my mom got wise that she just didn't buy the CD of every song she heard on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you more, Will. I think it's helpful. sucks. <laughs> I think. Well, okay, let me be fair. Like, at the time, it didn't bother me, this, this song. Like, it was just on the radio. And I was like, fine. Listening back to it, oh, the fucking lyrics are awful. Like, there's something about, like, the lyric about, uh, and again, I, I mentioned certain lyrics in this year that bother me, but a few lyrics in this bother me. One being... Uh, he's everything inside of you that you wish you could be like this most like demeaning thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, and then and then the twist. I can't believe I haven't mentioned the twist in this song, right? 
I did, I'll be honest, I didn't listen closely to the lyrics. Oh my God. <laughs> he's talking about he's everything you want, he's everything you need. And then slight like key change maybe in his voice. And then he says, I'm everything you want. I'm everything you need. But like, I mean nothing to you. It's like, I heard that. I'm like, give me a break. Like, come on. <laughs> like, like, so again, like at the time when this comes out, I wouldn't have noticed that at all. I probably haven't noticed that until I listened back to it. And now I'm like, that sucks. Like, it's like <laughs> such a, like, what's the, like, you know, the, you know, uh, like the meme stereotype of like a, you know, Reddit guy who's like, you know, like the nice guy, you know what I mean? You know, these like, you know, the, the idea of like, you know, nice, like guys who are also super, uh, you know, misogynistic in other ways being like, you know, why I want the girl like, like me, I'm a nice guy. Like, you know, like it just like reminds me of that whole thing. And sure. uh, so I think this song indirectly may have inspired the rise of like Reddit. <laughs> it was it was vertical horizons they it was did. vertical horizons fault and i say that as someone who might a guitar teacher i had for like a year when i didn't practice guitar at all but wanted to learn guitar but i sucked and didn't try at all <laughs> his his claim to fame when he would teach me was that he mentioned that he was friends with the guy from vertical horizon so uh-huh. yeah i didn't realize they were dc based and this is like in the year like 2007 so this is like well past the prime <laughs> uh but i always remember that so shout out to Verizon, Vertical Horizon. They went to Georgetown. So they must be smart. Um, July 22nd, we continue the run of alt-rock hits with Bent by Matchbox 20. Exelon. Oh, no, that's the greatest hits. Um, whatever. <laughs> My smile gets old and faded Wait around, I'll smile again Shouldn't be so complicated Just hold me in them Or just hold me again Can you help me? I'm bent I'm so scared that I'll never Get put back together Keep breaking me in So I think, Lana, do you want to start us off as the... <laughs> I as feel the, like I didn't realize at all that this song hit number one, and it made me feel like almost like vindicated, because I always like really loved this song, <laughs> and I felt like it, like, <laughs> it's like looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, this was a huge popular song. This, I mean, this album, Mad Season, was like obviously not as good as yourself or someone like you, but it had a couple of really good songs on it, and Bent was the best song on it which obviously it's the one that they picked for the single i mean i i love the song i loved it then and i loved it later and i love it now yeah i think i like the song a lot and this is a good example of one of the songs that i i think i was conflating with a whole bunch of other groups and i didn't realize it was Matchbox 20 at the time and then when Unwell came out and it was like one of my favorite songs, I was like, oh, I like Matchbox 20. I didn't realize that I'd been listening to other Matchbox 20 songs. But yeah, I think there's just something, I don't know what it is. I was trying to place it, but I think maybe it's like the emotion in Rob Thomas's voice that sounds very sincere, but not also like not over the top at the same time that I like, because there's just something about kind of Matchbox 20 sound that I like more than a lot of similar acts at the time. Yeah, I think Rob Thomas puts so much emotions into songs like this, like at the end, 
when you know at the end of the song when the chorus goes a couple of times and he like sings it again but he sings it in like a totally different way he like puts like a different spin on it and not just like the notes that he's singing but also the emotion that he puts into it like I think he's just a really great vocalist and it really like totally makes the song yeah I I, I think I would will similarly in terms of like my relationship with the song and, and I think the band too is that like it definitely especially at the time really kind of blended in with like yeah like vertical rising or um uh what were the other kind of big uh, ones like third like eye blind third eye blind yeah um and like specifically like songs that I would hear on the radio like listening to 107.3 and 104.1 in DC <laughs> which we'll also listen to and just these kind of mix of like you know mainstream rock all rock whatever you want to call it sounds but I think listening back to it I I can appreciate it more and I think there's like a reason why Matchbox 20 was bigger than like you know more successful than Vertical Horizon or you know some of the other bands is and I think I agree like I, I think it is, it's something about like his voice there's like some other element to it that's hard to kind of you know at least for me hard to kind of characterize but I think like it is kind of it stands out a little bit um, but I also think, I think this is a really good song. I think like in terms of like this kind of type of rock song at the time, um, it stands out like, and I think there's other songs by Mashup Swing that I think stand out from like Vertical Horizon or, um, you know, some of the other songs to me. So I, I, I like it. I, you know, but yeah, I was also surprised. Like, I was like, wow, this is a number one song. Like, and bye 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 isn't like how is that? Like, no, so it's, it's all work by our age on these songs are hit. Yeah, um, and then speaking of bye bye bye, the only this is crazy. The only number one single from NSYNC. Really? Isn't that crazy? That's shocking. And it's not bye bye bye. It's not pop. It's not. But it's it's gonna be me from No Strings Attached. Be It's a good song. Um, I think Bye 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 is better. I'm surprised that that wasn't a number one, but this is a good song. I don't get the meme. Like, it doesn't sound like he's saying May when he says <laughs> me. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it does sound like that a couple times in, like, the verse when they say me. May. When he says it's going to be me, it sounds like me. So I, that's my one point of contention with this song. I disagree. I think it's better than Bye Bye Bye. I think it's, like, the, I think it's kind of clearly NSYNC's best song so it doesn't surprise me that it was their only number one like I mean people talk about like NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys but I feel like Backstreet Boys has way more hits than NSYNC and it might have just had more albums I agree um, but it's gonna be me I think is like the clear winner in terms of best NSYNC song I mean I can just like 
see the music video playing behind <laughs> behind my eyes with the, with the puppets oh yeah yeah so this is i mean interesting to talk about i mean this, this album was i feel like i'm i'm i think it's safe to say i'm guessing we all had this album yeah i actually didn't it. have this one but one of my friends had it and i was like i don't know why i didn't just ask my mom to buy it for me but one of my friends had it and i was like so jealous whenever we went over i'd be like play and sing <laughs> yeah i mean this album was just so huge and yeah i mean this song like in particular is I'll say, like, I think it's a very good pop song. I, I think it's well-made and it's weirdly, like, better than I remember being. Um, you know, is it their best song? Like, I I don't know. Like, but but I think, like, I don't know. I, I, I was trying to, like, remember my connection with this song specifically because, like, I think Bye Bye Bye, like, that was the first single and that was, like, such a huge, like, you know, like, to me, I think of that as, like, that was, like, the explosion of this album. And then everything else that followed was like big, but like, I don't know. Like, so I was surprised that this was number one and Bye 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 wasn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really good song. And I think also hearing that little sample, I'm like, JC was the best singer in the band. So, you know, give him props. He doesn't get enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a good song. I, I it, but like, there's, I think, other songs that growing up I, like, was a bigger fan of than this for some reason. And I'm, I'm trying to think about why that is, and I'm not totally sure, but... but I had a hit clip of this song. <laughs> I had a few hit is that, yeah, was that the McDonald's I had a hit clip thing? of actually several songs. 2000 must have been the year they came out, because I feel like I had some from, like, 2000, 2001, and 2002, but I feel like most of the ones I had were from the year 2000. Like, I had obviously Britney Spears songs and I had this NSYNC song I had like an, another NSYNC song it was just like one of their b-sides I think and then I had one of the other number one hits that coming up later and then I had some Avril Lavigne and a Michelle nice. Branch clip. the only one I remember having was the Backstreet Boys song but I don't remember which one it was I think I had one that was like NSYNC and back and Britney together wow and I think I think McDonald's gave out yeah, the only one I got came from McDonald's. And I oh, think I, was... I like sought them out. We like went to Toys R Us and bought them or wherever it was that you could get them. Well, I'm almost definitely going to be looking on eBay later. <laughs> I still have them. I have here. Wow. you guys a picture later of them. I found them like a year ago when I was at my house and I was like, oh That's my really God. exciting. That's impressive. <laughs> it doesn't play the whole song, right? I'd like make no, it's day. like a 30 second clip and the audio quality on them is just horrendous. <laughs> but yeah but that's all we had you know um august 12th to august 19th cisco's one and only number one hit and not the one you would think it would be this is shocking shocking it's incomplete by cisco from unleash the dragon that's enough um cisco's interesting um to me because yeah your namesake he was 
I remember him. He was huge. Like for, for, a, for like a two or three year period of time, like from my eyes, like he was huge. Like he was everywhere. I just remember him. Like he would show up on like Nick shows. He like, performed at like the Nick kids choice awards. And then you'd see him like doing stuff with like Will Smith. Like he was everywhere. And like, you know, he had the silver hair and like the super shiny clothes and it was so ridiculous. And like, so with that being said, like, I remember, I, I do remember the song. Like, I think song song is the one that like everyone knows. And like this one hasn't really lasted, but somehow was number one and song song was only number three. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, it's not that good to me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, and, and I'll uh, last, I think this is the last time I'll do this. The lyrics of this, um, there's some, there's a specific one that made me laugh. It was, um, uh, uh, where is it? Something about like, well, they're ridiculous. Like these lyrics are ridiculous. They're, but there's one about, um, this is great, right? Okay, I got a bank account bigger than the law should allow. Like that made me laugh. <laughs> So, and it's funny to think like, I mean, you know, Cisco's still super rich, I'm sure, but um, yeah, I don't know. This this doesn't do that much for me. I think this is like mopey and ridiculous, but not that memorable. Yeah, I don't, I, I thought it was kind of boring. I feel like I'm surprised I didn't know it because, you know, I heard a lot of Cisco just because my name, but it was always song song, really. Like that's all anybody would joke about. So even at, even like, close to when it came out like i feel like that just left a bigger impression maybe what, what, as what, of the subject matter and yeah we're doing but also i think it's just a better song i feel like thong song is a better song because it leans more into the hip-hop side and i've i've bashed r&b enough but i've just like i've been sick of these slow jam 90s early 2000s r&b songs since we started listening to them and for the record, I've been listening to some really like good R&B, like Isley Brothers. And I'm like, oh, I don't hate R&B. I just got too used to this shitty 90s R&B. So <laughs> I feel like this is like dying vestiges of that. Like some of the last gas of the R&B that has this trying to avoid a lot of the hip hop influences. But yeah, I don't know. I just found it boring. I feel like it's really trying to showcase his voice in a way that, I mean, it was successful, so I shouldn't bash it. But I feel like, like his voice isn't yeah. out for it. Compared Do you think to some of the other R&B singers we've heard? I'm sure part of it was like, I'm sure like his label or whatever puts so much like, you know, so many resources into this, probably largely because like they wanted to make him to be like a more serious artist because the Thong song was like, you know, so big, but also like kind of a novelty. Um, here's a question. I don't know if I've asked you this question. Would people make fun of you? Because it's not, not make fun of you, but like sure, kind sure. of, you know, bring it up only exclusively because of the name Cisco or also like would people make fun of like Thong Song and like make but I think it's tied together I mean because Thong Song is funny but also I think I don't think people would even be remembering Cisco if it wasn't for Thong Song like by the time I started to get those jokes yeah. like this song <laughs> didn't last with anybody in our generation it was but everybody remembers Thong Song yeah I was about to say I like didn't know the Thong Song guy I had another song <laughs> this oh, is God. I, and end of the year, Thong Song's 14. So it was like, it was a more yeah. successful song overall. 
This song is kind of like, I agree, kind of like the dying vestiges of the R&B slow jam. It's like, it's like a pretty standard, but it's not a particularly like good one. I think in light of like some of the other, you know, similar songs that you get like throughout the rest of the 90s, like, you know, like if you have Boys to Men, like why would you listen to Incomplete by Cisco kind of thing? Yeah. It's worth also mentioning, I mean, to give Cisco some more credit, like he was also in, I think, still yeah, Drew is Hill. Drew Hill. Well, and, and I think they're a group that, to the best of my knowledge, was really big, like a really big R&B group, I think more so like in the mid-90s or early yeah. 90s. And so I think this was his like kind of like big solo, like, you know, solo breakout thing. Um, but, you know, being like, nine-year-old white suburban kids like i i'm we didn't reach us we, 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 we weren't the audience so like i think it's worth also mentioning like he had a pretty legitimate career but um, what was i mean we've covered their whole career by now did drew hill have they had what one or two number ones that we've talked about on the show or no i, drew, can't I mean not not like not number one they didn't like, have any number ones okay. i think i think drew hill had some like and i couldn't i couldn't name to you like a drew hill song i just don't know them but like yeah i think i think if you were to look in the charts in past years like they would be kind of they would have some songs like in like the second half of like the top 100 yeah i definitely remember listening so they're in the top 100 but i mean i remember like i always think i was being pretty big and influential group and i think they were but i mean it took going solo for us to finally get a number one song yeah well i think like going solo was like trying to also like get yeah. like pop charts and it worked so shout out to Cisco. Uh, August 6th, no, August 26th through September 9th, Janet Jackson returns with Doesn't Really Matter. I don't like particularly remember this song. I definitely have heard it before, but I don't have very strong memories of it. I mean, it's solid. I I like it, but it doesn't do a whole lot for me. The only Janet Jackson CD we had was Rhythm Nation, so we didn't have any later, anything later than that. Yeah, I was gonna say something. So I, this, I think, an incomplete are like the two songs I remember least um of the number ones that i don't know if i remember the song at all i did like it though it was fun um if you listen to the last two choruses she says nutty 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 my love for you because it came from the nutty professor to the clumps movie <laughs> <laughs> um mm-hmm. another in the long list of terrible movies that uh we have listened to songs from the soundtrack of. you don't like nutty professor too you know honestly i'm not sure if i saw it i remember i saw the first nutty professor with um with eddie murphy and loved it but I think that, I just that, saw, that like, farting trailers. scene. That farting scene killed me. <laughs> I think just seeing trailers for the second one, I was like, that's too much. Even for me as, like, a, a nine-year-old, I don't need all this. I don't need to see Janet Jackson as a love interest for Eddie Murphy in a fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. Um, but yeah, fine song. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, catchy, but whatever. I'm, I'm the opposite of you guys. I 
for whatever reason, the song when it came out, like I loved the song, and I think partial again, being the like nine year old rebel that I was, like uh, she has another huge song that comes next year, all for you, uh, which was even bigger than the song that was you know also big obviously around the same time I think I remember like resonating this song kind of connecting to because like this is the song that's better like <laughs> uh it's not by the way but uh I still really like it and yeah I don't know like I was thinking about why this song like was such a big favorite song of mine and I think it was on the now CD so that's part of it but like yeah I mean it's interesting like I think it's a good song it's not her best song I think all Freed's a better song from this album um but I just, you know, I, I've actually been like going through like a going back and listening to Janet Jackson a lot recently, including like Rhythm Nation and Control. And I think she's underappreciated. Um, I mean, I, I think like, especially for people who weren't like, just speaking for myself, who weren't, you know, alive during her kind of huge like breakout years, like in the late, mid to late 80s, like, but like she had as many hits as like Madonna, like pretty much, you know, she was as big and like, you know, I think part of it maybe is the Super Bowl stuff that came later, but like, I don't know. I, I don't think she gets the respect that she deserves because her hits are. A lot of her music is and, super interesting. Like it's not very typical. It's not very standard. Like it's not like a big pop hit in the way that you might necessarily right. expect. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I think I've always kind of had a fondness for Janet Jackson, just I think partially because of this song. And um, yeah, I don't know. I searched music for the next song, and that would be, <laughs> I need to do more than that. So, um, what? When I search music, Madonna, it's not even showing up in the top like 10. <laughs> oh, so dumb. Well, it's just ignoring the word music because it's like, it's all music. We have four weeks on the charts music by speaking of 80s huge pop artist Madonna. Okay, so we did have this album. I think my mom bought every album that Madonna made, probably up until music. <laughs> um, this song, I remember being, because I was like six years old, in the lyrics, they, she uses this word like bourgeoisie, which I had like no idea what that meant or like how to pronounce it. So I like had no idea what she was saying. You know, this whole song. I also had a hit clip of this song. Um, <laughs> The album is not very good. I'll say Ray of Light is vastly superior, but this song I've always kind of really liked. It's a really weird song, but I think, and I mean, even in Ray of Light, it's still 
her music is kind of weird but then like when she gets to music like she gets like even weirder but like in a in a negative way like <laughs> regresses in terms of how listenable the songs are but I think the single from it music I don't know I've always really liked it this song until like four years ago I thought was by JLo because <laughs> there is a song she had um, a song like similar yeah I know it's talking. like talking to the DJ about yeah like and, and I think I I was listening to that album a lot and then I think this song was probably around a lot and I just conflated the two so I didn't realize for the longest time but yeah I like this song I feel like this must have been so huge that like dance clubs like it's so simple it's a catchy beat like it makes you want to get up and dance like this is the type of song that I didn't find super memorable like it's never going to be one of my like top five but I just enjoy it whenever it comes on. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think I'm in a similar boat. Like it, it's a song I feel like I've known forever. Like, and you hear all the time, and I heard all the time, and didn't really, at the time, know or even. I think I've actually similar will in terms, of, like, knowing the song, but like not, not being as like connected to Madonna as as some of the other songs or other huge hits. Like, but it's a cool song, and and yeah, it is kind of weird in it, like incorporates like kind of electronic stuff and dance stuff but then she's wearing a cowboy hat on the cover <laughs> like, what? there's not really country to this but is there like I don't know the album that well or at all really so um yeah it's kind of just like this interesting like it feels like it encapsulates a lot about her music but in kind of like a way that you wouldn't expect yeah I, I, I I'm yeah, the song's, I think, interesting is a, a word I would describe it with. <laughs> I like it. Like, it's good. It's a good, like, dance song. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't reson resonate as directly with me, I think, as, like, some of her other big hits. I also think that this is, I think this is, like, her last big song until... Hung up. Well, I guess she had the song from the James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Hollywood after this. And the Austin Powers movie. And the Austin Powers movie. Yeah, never mind. Madonna was always still kicking. <laughs> I think I think she has uh, "Don't Tell Me." I don't think that's a number one hit, but I remember that also. That's the one with Timberlake. That's four minutes. That, that's like years. That's like ten years. Yeah, later. That, was that a number one? Do we think that was pretty big for a while? Well, hung up. I know. I hope it's number one because that's <laughs> definitely on the top one hundred. And then we had the disciple of Madonna, Christina Aguilera, coming back with Come On Over Baby. I think this is Christina's like favorite my favorite song of Christina it's just like the song still goes so hard like that like quarter note synth during the chorus is just like <laughs> it really speaks to me I don't know I think that in terms of we spoke earlier about her voice not fitting with the song I think even though this is a pretty standard pop song I think her voice really kind of shines on it especially when it doesn't in what a girl wants and I just remember this song being so huge. Like I remember 
my friends like calling me to come over and they would like sing this on the phone like I just remember <laughs> how big this song was and I still still would throw it on a playlist you know like it's it's good it's definitely yeah I agree I, I like it I mean I like it a lot more than than what a girl wants I think it's and I agree like it, it definitely features her voice like she's able to kind of hit those high notes and do more with it and yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a really fun song uh number one both during the subway series and the 2000 presidential election so what other song could connect those two events um yeah I don't know I I, I think it's a great I think it's a great pop song like I think it just you know she's kind of more up front and center with it and it's like her showcase and yeah it's a great it, it's definitely one of her best songs yeah, I won't say too much because it's mostly what you guys said. But when I was listening, I was like, oh yeah, I like this way more than What A Girl Wants. But in my notes, I had that I like What A Girl Wants more. So I guess I can actually decide and they're both really good songs. Um, but yeah, I agree with one. You can, like, I feel like you can hear the quality in her voice come out more in this song. And it works really well. Creed. <laughs> with arms wide open. November 11th. worth mentioning that Dave Grohl describes with arms wide open as quote one of the most amazing songs of all time <laughs> I this was the only song listening to this year that I was like listening and I was like I want to skip it I don't remember <laughs> like not liking it like if you asked me before I would have been like yeah Creed whatever who cares but I was like this song kind of sucks and I don't know like I looked back to it because I was like trying to figure like is there another Creed song that I like or do I just not really like Creed I think Higher is a better song than this Higher is better and did better on the year-end list it just didn't make it the number one yeah, yeah. Like I don't know the song is just so slow and his voice is so the way it is that I was just like <laughs> I don't want to listen to this yeah I tried to go in with like an open mind as saying okay it's Creed but ignore all my biases against the creed and it's just not that good i it started to really annoy me how he always says arms wide open like he pronounces it really strangely and i think that's part of why i don't like creed is his voice kind of rubs me the wrong way and then he says the word open correctly the very last like line of the song is like oh so he can say that word he just been refusing to say it properly this whole time but yeah it's just like nothing i mean i can i can see why it was a hit but it's just i feel like and maybe I was at the time and I don't remember. I feel like I would have just been so sick of hearing this on the radio by the end of its run. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I mean, this song was huge. I just remember this song being huge and I remember Hire being huge. Like, I think those two songs in particular and in a way I was actually surprised that this song wasn't long, like all longer that Hire wasn't on at all. And um, yeah, I don't know, like Creed's such a weird, like, I mean, you could dedicate so much time to talking about Creed, <laughs> at least I could, because there's such a weird like anomaly. Um, and it's like, I, I like I can hear why they were huge. I know where they were huge because their songs are huge. And but like, did people like really love them? Like I guess like, 
but they're kind of a joke now so i don't know they're a weird group but yeah I, I, like this song isn't as memorable as higher i agree with that um and i don't think it's a particularly good song but again one of the songs i can like hear i'm like oh yeah i know this is not this is why it's number one because it's super like in your face then we wrap up the year with november night 18th through december 30th solid seven weeks on the charts from their new album so destiny child starts the year with one album and four members and then end it with another another album and three members independent women part one This is a really good song, and I like anything about Destiny's Child. But at the same time, for me, I really like the album before the writings on the wall a lot more than this one, uh, Survivor, which is the lead single off of. I've always thought the Say My Name, Survivor, I mean, sorry, Say My Name, Jumpin' Jumpin', and Bills, Bills, Bills are all better than this. So this one always kind of got lost for me just because I was listening to a lot of Destiny's Child, but I was sticking to like the same few songs over and over again that I love. So. I have less of a connection with this. And it's still a really good song, but I just don't think it's as good as kind of what we'd heard before by Destiny's Child. I feel like as like a, I think I would have been seven at this time. So as a seven-year-old girl, when Charlie's Angels came out, like it was just like huge. And this song was huge too. It was just like what all my friends were talking about. Like it, I remember how big that movie was. In, in my circle. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. I love that. It was huge. Oh, yeah, it was enormous. So I don't know. I think this song is so funny in, you know, all these soundtrack songs that reference so spe specifically the movie that they're in, like when they're saying like, Charlie, how your angels get down like that. And the beginning where they like call out like Drew Barrymore and Cameron <laughs> Diaz and Lucy Liu for being in the movie. I don't know. I think it's so funny. It's so funny to listen back to. Yeah, I guess I should add this to the, the much smaller list of good movies that we have songs from because Charlie's Angels is a great movie yeah um i'm i mean in terms of destiny's child what will was saying i'm the opposite because writings on the wall like i didn't have that cd i knew the singles obviously but survivors when i really kind of jumped on and like i got the cd and i listened to it all the time and i was obsessed with like in particular i think i was obsessed with survivor the song but survivor is great That's um that but this whole album was like huge i i was like it was definitely my most listened to album of 2001 um and yeah i think it's a great song like i um yeah no it's just a very fun song and it's also like i don't know like it doesn't take like like saying my name is just so great because it's weird and like takes these like weird risks i think and the song doesn't necessarily do that but it's just like there's kind of like a disco element to it and it's just like so yeah it's just a really fun song i mean i i i think that at, 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 
at the time, it was one of those songs that was everywhere, and I probably got annoyed by it um, in a weird way. But listening to it now, it's like, oh, wait, this is a pretty great pop song. Um, and yeah, and it's associated with the movie, and that's fun. And I think more music videos now should probably be re- explicitly referencing movies. Because <laughs> I remember this music video was like, yeah, dumb as Charlie's Angels, and they would show clips from the movies. Yeah. So that was cool. They should do that again. So we wrap up 2000. I think this is I think this is the fir- the most number one hits in a year we've had. So should we just get to our favorites? Well, how would how would we sum up this year? Like just very briefly, I think like to me it's just this really weird mix of songs. I think like you know, we we talked in the past years about how R&B was like really really prominent and I think last like 1999 was the first year where it's like the songs we all like me and Will had really strong connections to because we grew up and remember them but also like there's this kind of big pop sound that's coming out and I think it's like continuing in 2000 with a lot of these songs but then you still have like kind of alt rock not even alt rock just rock like remnants and then like a few like r&b remnants but like the pop sound to me at least is like really kind of what's taking over yeah i feel like it explains a lot about my music taste (laughs) that i like remember so much about this year and it's just like uh my whole taste in music is like only pop music and i feel like if i was a little bit older maybe i would be more into you know r&b or rap or other genres of music but I'm like this is pretty much you know like my foundation is just like Britney Spears in the year 2000 you know yeah I think yeah I think you guys both nailed it but also I think when I like think of what is pop music I always think back to 2000 2001 because it's like when I'm starting to like really listen to radio lab like really kind of being more aware of like what's current uh as opposed to just like random things I hear clips of or things that my parents are playing and I feel like that for that's why in my head like today's hits are always a mix of like rap hip-hop like pure pop like alt rock and it's all because I'm always thinking of like this time period whereas like really that's shifted a bit during the years but I think it's still kind of been mostly true throughout where it's like you get those little like alt rock songs that do really well you'll get some rap and hip-hop songs and then like the pure kind of like pop jams are still the bulk of the number ones in the top 100. But yeah, also the thing I don't remember at all from 2000, a lot of like kind of countries sneaking their way into the top 100 more so than we've had in any years past. Yeah. Like a, a lot of, just a lot, especially towards the bottom of the list that, I don't know, I won't say too much but maybe somebody will have some on their list. We shall see. Let's get to it. This is, this is, this is uh, I think all our listeners' favorite part of the show, which is us <laughs> talking about our top five. Hopefully people are still listening as we enter the second hour. This is our longest episode, but I think it's 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 important to dedicate enough time to these songs as we enter our childhood years. And it's also just a lot of songs, but anyone want to start? We can we can, I'll, 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 pre- I'll preview, I'll play clips of songs as we're talking. Let me knock my knock because I don't think they're that exciting. All right. Um couple, just a few honorable mentions, because I had a really hard time narrowing it down. But show me the meaning of being lonely almost made it. I think it's a great song, but didn't quite. And then uh, two songs from probably 
I'd say like the two biggest gateway rappers for me into listening to rap music. Can I guess um, one of them? Can I guess go both for it. of them? You can guess both of them. Or, or can we, I, I don't want to go take. Whoever wants to shout out, I guess. Nelly. Yeah. Country Grammar ended up as my sixth pack. And then the other one I thought would be the obvious one. Um, but the real Slim Shady. Um, I think it's a, it's a good song. I just, I was, I remember being like at the time, like when that was being played over, I was like, wow, like I wasn't used to a song like that, like playing, uh, being played on like the hit radio stations, the like the top 40 stuff that you listen to. It's like, wow, I didn't know yeah. you just like play this. Um, and it is like a very heavily censored version, but yeah, even so, it seemed like very outrageous for the time. Um, okay, but going to my top five, yeah, uh, number five, um, oops, I did it again. I just right, think okay. it's... Oh, I'll play the clip. We gotta play the clip. Just the Great Britain song. Oh, baby, baby. I was really surprised that the other song from Britney in the top 100 was from the bottom of my broken heart. Like I had the album. Not lucky. And, yeah. No. And I just don't remember the song at all. Like I'm sure I listened to it a million times. But not stronger. Stronger should be on. Did that not make it next year? Stronger. I, I was, was of stronger for sure. Yeah. It seems really weird that this was, I don't know. I didn't even know this was a single until I saw it on the list to be honest. But, but would you say that this Oops, I Did It Again was like a particularly kind of you know, a song you really loved, like yeah, I mean, compared to the other ones. I liked all these songs, like Britney and Christina, like I had all their, I was listening to them a ton. I liked them all. I don't know if this would have stood out that much at the time, but just listening back, it stood out for me. Like I just found it more re-listenable than a lot of them. I think one part of it is that, um, I like the whole song I find interesting. It's it's not just the choruses I want to hear, like the verses are more interesting. I think than a lot of similar songs from the time period, even the random, Titanic interludes for some reason I don't get sick of it all this night but just a good song uh number four I went with and this is a song if you had just if I just looked at the list and not realistic and stuff I think would have been higher but Kryptonite by Three Doors Down is a song I've always liked another one of the groups that could have wanted I was the world folks to the dark side of the moon after all I a joke that instead of you'll be there holding my hand we would joke that it was you'll be there holding my can and we thought that was so funny <laughs> i don't know. i like the song since the first time i heard it and i just it's rock so it seems so different than what i would have been listening to at the time but i remember always liking that and then and then when they played trump's inauguration you really liked it right did they really oh yeah. man i didn't even they're the that. they're the biggest act at trump's inauguration uh, you remember that no oh. All right, I guess three doors down is canceled, man. Sorry, I mean... Um, number three, a song that you can still hear at at least the weddings I go to today all the time. All the small things. Blank on H2. Another of the bands with numbers in them that I was confusing amongst themselves all the time at the time, but obviously a very different band. Say it ain't so, I will not go. Turn the lights off, carry me on. 
bunch of no no no's in there. I like I just like trying to avoid putting this so high, and then I just listen to it like no, I like this song too much. I it's great. Really... It's a great song at Blake when it's like if you want people from our generation to go on the dance floor at a wedding, just like play this and people will get up and do it. Blink um, 182 stands the test of time. They're really do. Number two is Say My Name. Uh, and the number one, I was totally shocked. I never would have guessed this in a million years. I can't wait. Until I listen. Uh, and I don't think it's actually that strange of a pick, but I would never have thought of it myself, is I Tried by Missy Gray. Just an incredible song, which I had no idea was this recent. I think from her voice, I always thought this was like just an older classic. And then I was like, oh shit, this is from 2000. This is a great song. And I, I interrupted you. Yeah, a song that I knew was great and liked, but just totally forgot or didn't realize how amazingly pretty it was until I really listened to it for this podcast. Just a great song. You know how I feel about that song. <laughs> it's just such a weird outlier from it. Does, it you know, at least it stands out, like because it's like yeah, this, it this a classic kind of soul song. Yeah, I feel like it's very hard to place. Like you just hear that song in a vacuum, I think it'd be hard to place what time period it came from. Which I think is very not true for a lot of the songs we talked about. All right, I'm just gonna run through mine so we can give Lana the final one. Um, I want to just shout out a few uh, 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 special mentions. "Case of the X" by Maya. No, song I've always liked. Do you know that song? Yeah, it's good. I listened. I, I, won't but I didn't really know it until I heard it for this. I think it's a song that I remember at the time hearing, and I was like, "This song rules" because of just the cool like beats and stuff um that was at number eight number seven i put in the better with it part one uh number six country grammar nelly was a huge artist for me so gotta give him a shout out and shout you out you had this album oh yeah one yeah, of yeah so. oh yeah big one actually um, no because ride with me wasn't on this one right it was the next was. album oh well, okay then this is all ride I'm with me and ei i love those songs um Number five is Say My Name, Destiny's Child. We've heard it. We all love it. Number four is Try Again by Aaliyah. Heard it. Love it. I'm surprised you didn't put this on here. Um, but number three is Forgot About Dre. It's close. That was in my top ten. Full of tracks to add to the wall full of plaques Hanging up in the office and back of my house like trophies Did y'all think I'ma let my dough freeze? Hold please, you better bow down on both knees Like is it sexist? It's really sexist And my I number think, one my number I think two at the is, time I thought that was an Eminem song I think in 2000 Well it kind of is, song. I mean come on like Sure I mean the production is Dr. Dre And that's what Dr. Dre is best at But you know, it's also Eminem who kind of steals the song So um, number two in a similar vein, great song, super sexist, is Big Pippin by Jay-Z featuring UGK. Just that, like the voice I'm gonna split his bucks. Just because you got good head, I'ma break bread so you can be living it up. Shit, I pass with nothing. Y'all be fronting me, give my heart to a woman. It's, 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 the lyrics are so 
bad. Like Jay Z's basically disowned the song, but it's a great beat. It's a, uh, I think it's Timberland. I think it's Timberland's best beat still. It's just so great. Um, you know, I think I think for the next few years when we talk about top lists, Jay Z will be on pretty much every one for me. Uh, and number one um, is a song I've did not know at the time, but I've discovered in the last five or so years, and I think it's just amazing. And it's called. Can I take a guess. Okay. Is it going to surprise me? Maybe. Cowboy, take me away. No. <laughs> Although, actually, song. you know that song, I I think I forgot about. I would put that that might that would be like number six for me. That song I didn't know until I heard Boy Genius cover it on some online video, and then I was like, oh, that's a great song. And then I was like, oh, why is this Miller? Because of that cover. And I was like, this is a great song. It came close for me. No, it's a little different. It's called Bag Lady, and it's by Erica Badu. The, the sample, it's worth mentioning, it kind of builds up gradually and makes this huge ending. It's just the best. And that whole album is called Mama's Gun by Erica Badu. It's one of my favorite like albums of the time. And it's just an amazing song. And I'm happy it's at the top 100. I was surprised. Come see your pitch for it. Are you going to be there, Lana? Or is it just Jonathan? Just Jonathan. Jonathan is the ticket I'm going to get for you, David, if if he backs out, he's a New Orleans I'm, I'm, I'm open. <laughs> All right, Lana, your your top five. Okay. Plus, I'll say in fifth spot, I put "I Knew I Loved You" just because I felt like I had to put Savage Garden on there. But we, I don't think we had this album. We just had the first one. So, like, though I think the song is amazing. If I'm being more honest, it'd probably be either Ben or Broadway by the Goo Goo Dolls, which is off of Dizzy Up the Girl, which is another one of the albums that we listen to like over and over again for like 10 years later. We're like still listening to Dizzy Up the Girl in the car. Um, So even though that wasn't one of the big hits, I would probably put Broadway as number five in terms of like- Was that, that that wasn't on the top 100? Was that a hit? It was on the top 100. Okay. Even, it was I, like two years after the album came out. It was still, oh, then it was I had still to, on there. Hold on. So to, in, um, in fifth place, I would put Broadway. Why can I? It's called Broadway by Broadway by Google Dolls. Google. Oh, Google. I was searching Mass Fast 20. Like, <laughs> different, different. Again, I. I yeah, it's, I, it's, I, uh, it's right, easy okay. to. Broadway is dark song was so long I, I, yeah just yeah, a great song i think that whole album i probably like every single song off of it i mean part of that is because it's from your childhood but even in comparison to like yourself or someone like you which i would probably say like 
that and then like the third eye blind first album are probably like cds which i would all call similar in terms of how often i listen to them i would say that dizzy up the girl is probably like the best album of those in terms of like how good every song is and re-listenability in you, fourth place would, to, sorry it the finisher thought I, I just had a question but sorry. oh i was just gonna say in fourth place i put breathe by faith hill i think it deserves a shout out i we had that album we listened to it all the time number one song of the year oh, certainly yeah. well before Ever. i play that my question was if you had to choose one between Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20, what would you choose? Oh, it's so hard for <laughs> me to choose. I think like you probably would change depending on, you yeah. know, you know, when you ask me, but I feel like right now in my life, I pick Matchbox 20, but you know, maybe in college, I probably would pick Goo Goo Dolls. Two, two bands I always just associate, but <laughs> breathe, breathe by Fable. Oh yeah. All my thoughts just seem to settle on the breeze When I'm lying wrapped up in your arms The whole world just fades away in the only just like it's a classic it deserves to be talked about for the year 2000 in uh third place i put it's gonna be me nice i still think it's the best instinct song and i listened to it again and i was like so into it i was like hell yeah it's gonna be me uh in second place i put blue by euro ah, also owned that <laughs> album so I actually know like several other songs by the wow. band Europop, which no one else has ever, <laughs> one of those albums no one else has ever listened Wait, to. Wait, you know, okay, I gotta play the, ugh, there's so many remixes. Hold on. <laughs> Wait. Okay, hopefully this is the right one. I'm I, I feel like I don't know how that was a number one. I feel like I heard that all the time, partially because we did own the album, so I did listen to it all the time. That song just like was one of those songs that first almost inexplicably became super popular. Like no one could explain why they they liked it, and the whole album is just like totally different from like anything else that was popular at the time, but. I would imagine that like that song like for some people was kind of a novelty thing and then for other yeah. people it's like wait this is a great song like and like a club song you know what I mean like it kind of like balanced the line yeah I wish I was going to the clubs when blue was popular that would have been like such a trip to listen to this and to listen to music by Madonna <laughs> now, I, now I want to like like I hate dance clubs for the most part but going <laughs> to it like a dance club and hearing this song that would be pretty fun yeah, yeah it's like number one everywhere in Europe but only got to number yeah. six in the U.S. Yeah. And then my number one song is, of course, Oops, I Did It Again. Just like the, you know, the red latex bodysuit. I remember like logging on to 
some probably like VH1 or something like some website like voting for this music video to try to get it to be number one and I remember my brother like changing my vote and I was so mad because like <laughs> how like I remember being so mad about that I yeah this song like if I had to like pick a song from like the 2000s to define it it would be oops I did again I'm kind of shocked that it wasn't number one because in my heart it was like number one for many years I'm shocked too it wasn't number one oh like it was so huge when it was out it's the interesting thing about these things is it like how does how does everything you want end up number one and not oops I did it again <laughs> I don't know we all have very different number one hits yeah that's good good cross sections Good crossover. Lana's right. Breathe deserved to be mentioned after it was the number one song of the whole year, despite never reaching number one. Yeah. Hashtag justice for Faith Hill. Justice <laughs> for Faith Hill. She's made a lot of money. Don't worry about her. She's she was on the for Sailor Reveal, she was like the NFL song. Uh-huh. Right now it's Carrie Underwood, but it was like her for many years who did the like what is it, the Sunday Saturday yeah, night, Sunday night, football. night NFL song. So she's rolling positively rolling kid all right with that said i think we i think we've covered 2000 very well there's a lot of different elements and i think we did pat ourselves on the back for doing a good job with 2000 yeah thanks for coming on lana yeah this is a lot of fun thanks for joining us i was like listening to this and i was like man especially just because like for I, i i assume it will peter out a little bit after this but my mom had this thing where she would just buy like albums from songs that she heard on the radio. So we had so many CDs that like no one else had <laughs> that was just like, you know, Europop <laughs> that we bought because the song was big. So like, I feel like I have so many like memories of all this music. You see, I did that, but my issue, and this was maybe more so a couple of years before this, but my issue was I was, somehow I kept buying single cds i was like oh this is the song i like and then i bought it I was like oh wait this is just like five versions of the same song why did i buy this album and then i like kept making the same mistake when i went to records i might have done that when i was six <laughs> years old but my mom was in charge of buying things so she didn't need somebody to stop me we should get a parent on but at some point for 2002 yeah come back anytime lana get jonathan to do an episode yeah. of us yeah maybe in Baton Rouge for the month of October so I'm sure I'll have nice. some time so let me know what year you're on then and maybe I can pop on yeah. all right and with that we'll play we'll play the number one song of the decade as we outro and we will see you all in 2000 <laughs> oh, baby, and- baby, baby.